Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Welcome to episode 76 of the Galen Trombley Show. Um, I'm very excited for this guest. Um, she was on my list to get on, and due to Corona and not allowing her to ever retire, we have her on today. Um, it is Jody Parks, and Jody is, so I don't, I don't want to screw this up, is the Executive Vice President of the North Country Chamber of Commerce. I met you probably two, three years ago um, through something through the Chamber. I don't know if it was North Country Connections or I don't even know, but... Um, you're, you're always great. Every time I meet you and talk to you, you've always been very welcoming and very um, good at getting, um, I should say, allowing me to connect with other people and kind of introducing me to some people and then also not scaring me away from the chamber. Um, that's kind of probably the first person we see through the door. Um, so Jody, uh, welcome. And for people that do not know you, uh, give them a little background on how you got to 2020, almost retired Jody. So close to retired. It didn't happen. So yeah, I have been with the chamber for what seems like forever, probably for most people too. <laughs> She's still there and uh, was definitely planning on retiring at the beginning of this year. And then COVID happened and I did promise Gary and Christy and the crew at the chamber that I wouldn't just leave and uh, abandon them. So Still there, <laughs> still trying to work that retirement thing out. So you you started working what year? The chamber ninety four. And when did the chamber start? The actual North Plattsburgh nineteen twelve. I wasn't there then. Okay. So the chamber's a hundred and eight years old, but I've been there for a quarter of that time. <laughs> so so was was anybody there when are you the longest running person gary so gary was there about the same time right or? gary was hired um pro how long was he there maybe two or three years before me probably okay. three years before me and then um there were a couple other people in between and then he hired me and then uh, we hired everybody else so so when you came on how many people were at the chamber probably five employees maybe and now there's probably 12 12 Yes. 12 exact? Okay. Yeah. And then... I, I was thinking back, way... <laughs> I sound like a dinosaur when I say these things, <laughs> but I remember Gary and I were the first two to get email, and only Gary and I could have email. Nobody else on the staff could have it because it was dangerous. <laughs> was it the same one? Same one yes. as today? I was going to say it probably is. Yeah. Well, it, we now have a chamber domain, but we also have, I can't say it out loud, I guess, but Westelcom was uh, the first one that gave us email and I still have that original Westelcom. They probably don't even know that I still have that. that I'll have to tell Chris. That was back when people were <laughs> hacking into your accounts and yeah. stealing your social security numbers. Um, and when you came on, what, what was your position when you first got hired on? It's the same position. It was a different name because Gary's title was a different name. Mm -hmm. He was the director and I was the associate director. And then a couple years into it, he became the president and I became the executive vice president. Did so it's been the same position. It's just kind of morphed as it Did you guys just change on. your name for, you changed your own names? We did. That was part, that was part of it? <laughs> part of it was because it goes along with what all the other chambers were doing. Yeah. So actually I think he was called the chairman, but what all other chambers were doing is the chairman of the board 
who was the volunteer person was the same title as what Gary, the paid person was. So then gotcha. we just switched it up. So it matched what other chambers Easier had. to follow. Mm-hmm. And okay. So what was your background prior to going to the chamber? Like your working history. So it wasn't, it couldn't have been that long then. Um, well, I graduated from high Saranac high school and I was 17 years old and I joined ice follies and holiday on ice. So I ran away with the circus, basically. (laughs) And as I just told my son last year, you should not take a gap year. I realized I took a gap five years. (laughs) So I... Good advice, Mom. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Way to go, Mom. But uh, yeah, so I was a figure skater and um, joined a professional ice show. And they were doing a tour. So basically, I don't know what my parents were thinking, but, you know, 17 years old, ship her off to the ice show. Mm -hmm. And uh, so you go and you start this tour. And we did a West Coast tour first. So it was really fun because you got to tour every city. And basically, you're in a different city every week. And you just keep going and going and going. And then we did an East Coast tour. And I thought, well, the West Coast tour was fun. So I did it another year. I thought, one more year before I go to college, I'll do the West Coast tour again. And at the end of that year, um, Kenneth Feld, who owns Ringling Brothers Barnum & Bailey Circus, also owned our show. And they decided they were going to send the show overseas for the first time ever. And so they were going to go to Japan. And they said, who wants to go to Japan? (laughs) And so some of us were like, well... If you want to pay me to go to Japan, I'll go to Japan. So we went to Japan for a few months, and we kind of called it the Magical Mystery Tour because the contract was kind of set up so that we know we're going to Japan for three months. You may not have a job after that. It may just all be over after that, and I was fine with that. It was okay. Um, And then they said about two months into it, who wants to go to Malaysia? So we all quickly looked up, where's Malaysia? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, sure, we'll go there. And then who wants to go to Taiwan? And so it just kept going and going and going. She just did an Asian tour. Well, it was Asian, but then after Hong Kong, when we were getting a little tired of the Asian tour, they said, we're going to Australia. (laughs) Oh, sign me up. Wow. Oh, yeah. So how long did you tour, I guess, internationally with them? Uh, Another two and a half years. And what, what kind of figure skating did you do? Was it kind of like what you'd see more choreography? It wasn't like a competition. Or, it or was, was it? so you've you've seen them. They've they've come around before. You'll see Disney on Ice. Yep. Our show was Disney on Ice. So we were skating with all the Disney characters and uh, so like the music and stuff. Yeah. So it's a whole storyline. It was Donald Duck's birthday for five years. <laughs> I don't know how that worked. Oh, you see the same show. So yeah, it was the same show. So so did you have to go do like what, what was. What was required of you back then? I mean, it's like high level, like jumps and spins and all that? Sort of, but um, when when somebody wants to join an ice show, they basically go to auditions. So wherever the ice show is, on certain nights they'll hold auditions. So you go audition and you do all that. Part of it is, you know, they if if it's the first year of a show, they're making all the costumes and everything fresh. So it doesn't really matter. But I joined the show when it was the second year of the show. So I had to hope that they lost a person exactly my height because you've got a lineup of people and they've got costumes made for those people. You've got to be able to fit that. So you only got in because you filled in for someone that was the same like body shape as you. Well, body shape, they, everybody had to be the same body. <laughs> Weigh-ins weekly for five years, by the way. I was just how, how light did you have to be for that? Uh, lighter. Yeah, yeah. That was always the answer, lighter? <laughs> lighter, always lighter. Cause, cause I don't, you know, it's interesting. I don't know if they can still get away with that now, but we literally had weigh-ins once a week. And... So you really had, so it was like wrestling or something. You had to oh, stand yeah. a certain weight class. Like, yep. um, cause I guess when you see, and part of it is I think when you, I watch high-level um, 
figure skating once a, once every four years, which is the Olympics. I was, ta- I was talking <laughs> like to John about that last one. I'm like, yeah, like track and field. I'm a big track and field guy once every four years. So, uh, But you, they all look the same. But part of that is when you get a professional athlete, at some point they all kind of merge into that same body shape, which is like the optimal body shape. So figure skating, it's not as bad as a jockey on a horse, but it's per- they are pretty light. Well, it and it's not so much about the technique at that when you're at show level it's about the show mm-hmm. you know they they don't want show girls that aren't a certain body type they um, want them all to look like they want them to look and and crowd wise was there pretty big crowds at these events oh yeah it was, it was so that huge. must have been kind of cool when we i was just telling somebody this the other day when we went to japan because we were i mean they could basically throw up this massive tent and we brought ice with us so we had all the machines and everything okay. so we set up we meaning all those stagehands that work so hard not me but um they set up the ice so we could go to fairly small towns in japan they had not seen americans in some of these towns yeah. So they looked at us for like we were Elvis and we went to certain cities, even the bigger cities, and they had to transport us from the hotel to the ice rink in a bus covered in barbed wire. And they had policemen standing hand to hand, making a line, like a little pathway to get us from the bus to the rink. And it's like in those Beatles videos when people are like, oh touch you, you oh know? it's just because it was like they fan friends oh it was a friend oh i didn't know this was like oh, no. some kind of like they uh, loved us okay. they wanted okay. our autograph they wanted to touch us they want i mean they were just going crazy they thought we were elvis and and how, how many did you travel with like group wise 50 or so in the states it's a little bigger so it was probably 150 people 140 people but that's, when we went overseas it was a little smaller so it was probably more like 80 that's pretty cool i I went to one of those pop-up events up in, well, not, not skating, but it was um, uh, Cirque du Soleil. Mm-hmm. Up, in, up at the... Um, those are amazing. I was going to say uh, Old Montreal. Yeah. They just pop up the big tent, and it's like under the big top tent, but it was really cool. Like when you see how, what they can do when they can just pop something up in the middle of nowhere. Right. And then have a cool little show. Um, yeah, so I actually read that in your latest article in Strictly Business. That was I, I always flip through Strictly Business, and it's one like time-wise, I can only read a couple articles if I can. Like in, in So I flipped through, and I read yours, and... That's why I knew a little bit about this uh, skating, which I don't think... Did people know that about you? Was that like a known um, thing? I don't know. I've heard a few people mention, like, I didn't know Jody was a, a professional figure I skater I think probably years ago when I first came back, it was a big deal, so everybody knew, but because I've been here way yeah. too long, <laughs> we've moved on. I, well, well, you started after I was born, so that's a good Isn't thing. Isn't that crazy? That's a good thing, though. Um, so, I'm, yes. Yeah, um, one, of our, one of our new employees, Joel... I realized he was born Same the year, year I started at the chamber. I was like, okay, I got to go. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> my mom was teaching at one point when she started to have kids of kids she had before. She's like, okay. I'm- I honestly see that in you because I remember working with your dad yeah, so it's years full- ago when I was first at the oh, there, chamber and he was all involved. Yeah, there's some agents that are uh, same thing. We're my dad's generation and I kind of come up and now it's like, it's kind of weird when I first got in because I heard the last names of these people growing up. So I was always like, oh, and then I wanted to like call them Mr. or Mrs. And I'm like, I can't call them Mr. or Mrs. I'm like 21 years old. Like, So that well, was a... One of my very first committee meetings at the chamber, it was the first big meeting I was going to have to run and I was kind of nervous. And, you know, here I'm a young person and mm-hmm. it's my first real professional job kind of thing. And I'm going to this meeting and I had everybody go around and say why they were at the meeting and what they wanted to get out of it. And one of the people said... I came because I knew you when you were a little baby sitting oh. in diapers on my lap, and I just wanted to see what you became. And I was like, oh my gosh. 
It's a good icebreaker. But now I kind of feel like that about everybody else. <laughs> well, it's 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 good. You, you've said a good uh, like the the North Country connection thing. I think is a brilliant idea, and, and I I'm trying to. Um, my, my goal is to at least tie or beat Seth Adams for the amount of times going to it. Oh, so great. Seth is now, well, we're kind of in a hybrid year this year, but Seth's year three and I'm year two, so I got to try to catch him. <laughs> I don't think he'll ever stop, so he's going to be a tough one to catch. Um, so, and then how did you end up getting uh, or starting to work at the chamber? Like what got you to the chamber position? Um, when I, so I came after the whole ice show thing and then I moved to Los Angeles for a little while and then I came back and I went to Plattsburgh State and graduated from Plattsburgh State. But as part of that, I did some internships and one of the internships was at the city of Plattsburgh, actually the community development office and Susan Light was running the mayor's cup festival and all these different things. And through that, I met Carolyn Harding, who was the marketing director at Champlain Center. Okay. And so when I graduated, Carolyn hired me to work at Champlain Center. And then through that, I met Robin Albert, who was the person in my job at the chamber. And when she decided to leave, she was like, you need to take my job. <laughs> you need to do my job. So when she left, she worked out the interviews and luckily it worked out. And, and 25 and a half years later. I mean, has there ever been, a, a, was there ever, like, did you ever get into the chamber thinking this is going to be my career for 25 years? I didn't even years? know what the chamber was. So that's, yeah. So <laughs> I, I had to do a little like, research. So when you got in, <laughs> the interview. But, like when you got in, did you ever think that this is like something I'm going to end up, because I don't think anybody anticipates it, but did you find like as soon as you got to the chamber, you fell in love with it and were just like this, I really enjoyed this kind of work or was it like you had to kind of, because again, I got into real estate. I didn't love real estate when I first got in. I just. It was like a means to get through college kind of thing. And then I kind of started to really like it. So did you immediately like the chamber work? I think, like you, the mission I of think them? you probably anybody at that age and at that time, like that time in their life is just getting a job to get a job. Mm -hmm. You're getting a job to get paid. Hopefully it's something you like to do and you see where that takes you. But at some point, either you move on and do something else or you become the job. You know, like mm -hmm. it, the chamber isn't a job. It's the change. It's me, you know, like mm -hmm. I feel like we've built this thing and it's kind of like our, our baby. And I guess that, that was another thing I was going to ask, like how, how has the chamber changed from obviously the employees has increased, which with more employees, obviously there's a reason for more employees with the growth, but um, like where were you guys in the early nineties to where you are now? Like how has it evolved over 25 years? I, I was looking at our hundred year history the other day because I had to do that eight years ago and now it's already eight years out of date and I thought I should probably update that <laughs> so it's easier for the next person. But um, it's just changed so much because partially because of technology. Like, mm -hmm. like I said, I remember when Gary and I first got email and we thought that was the coolest thing. And we had fax machines set up with the beep boop beep boop going on all night long when we had to fax members and it was just the, the way you communicate with people is so different. We had to, you know, faxing was pretty exciting at the time. Surprise me, smoke signals or <laughs> carrier pigeons or I don't know Wave what. Wave people down on the street, Exactly. Right? Foam fingers. So just the communication has changed so much and the technology has changed so much that that's a huge part of all of it. But then just what the chamber does, you know, it, it kind of went from being an organization that did a little bit of tourism development and a little bit of this and a little bit of that but now it's very very focused and has such a huge reach and it's a regional organization and a massive you know economic so, development engine for the agent for the county and so where 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 does the the north like is north country chamber of commerce like where what does that encompass what areas what counties is it just clinton county is it just 
Um, do you go down to Franklin, Essex? Do you go yeah. farther down? Um, Clinton, Essex, Franklin, North Warren. I mean, we, we've really become a regional organization. Mm -hmm. So part, part of that is the members directly of the North Country Chamber, but then we have partnership um, organizations like the Tupper Lake Chamber, Saranac Lake Chamber, Lake Placid Roost, um, Ticonderoga Chamber, you know, all these Aquasasne Chamber, all these different organizations that are partners now. So we we definitely represent the entire North Country region. Do you guys meet somewhat regularly with those people? Um, it's it's kind of different. We go to some of their meetings. It's more about offering them some services that they weren't offering mm -hmm. to their members because they're much smaller organizations and they just weren't able to. But um, And what about... Um, um, the involvement with Canada, because obviously, I mean, I know that you guys put shows on, or not shows on, put events on, or put, um, you know, whether it's informational meetings, and then I know there's people from the chamber that travel up there. So how has that evolved over the last? I mean, is it, I'm assuming it's gotten pretty strong. For the last month, it's been rough. Yeah, last month's been rough. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take the last three, four months well, out, but projection from to this point. Yeah. So one of the things that Gary Douglas is really, really good at is just visioning. You know, like he he can see the big picture and doesn't get stuck in the minutia. And he realized way early on that we rely on Canada for so much tourism, economic development for everything. So um, that has become a major thing that the chamber's involved in that we never really were involved in 25 years ago. Yeah. And I... I I think you had mentioned it to me like two, three years ago when I started to get involved in the chamber. And I think you said some comment of like, how have you not ever come around here before? And I, Where have you been? I know. I think it was that, that was actually your exact words. And I, and I kind of kicked myself. And this is when we have like younger agents come up. I'm like, guys, you have to be involved with these local organizations because – and I wish I could do more. I have two young kids. So I kind of – you know, I, I separate I – do, I do some but not as much as I probably would want to later on in life. But – it's the idea that there's so many good people that you meet from the chamber and just the connections. And, and a lot of it is, you know, obviously it helps business-wise. But for me, I've met a lot of good friends in the last two, three years just through, you know, I, well, North Country Connections and then kind of branched out through whether it be after hours or whether mm -hmm. it be something maybe not as formal but um, in the same kind of scope. But, um, yeah, was, I just never took the networking or going out and meeting people very serious until probably three, four years ago. And then it's like... It's great because you meet so many cool people, but it was funny when you said that because I just never took the initiative to really go out and, you know, I, again, I didn't know a lot about the chamber. I thought right. the chamber was like... People you, think it's like all these stodgy old business people standing around. Well, well that, or you'd like drive by if you were looking for like a, a pamphlet on your way to oh, the ferry. Right. Like I just mm -hmm. always, like I always thought it was just one of those directional kind of places where you'd go down... You know, if you go down the highway and you stop at one of the, the high peaks um, mm -hmm. rest stop areas and they just have like pamphlets. Like I always thought the chamber was more of that. It was kind of you go there if you don't know where to go in the area, almost like a directional service. Right. Not, not, not thinking like, oh, no, they offer a lot of stuff at the chamber. Yeah. And um, we, we've been, like I said, trying to be more involved and I've tried to get some of the younger agents involved and some of them have gone to stuff and I think we'll evolve into that and, you know, kind of tying that in with a lot of the younger people that I know in the area that... Um, that are getting more involved in the area, which mm -hmm. is good because at some point, you know, the the uh, the season crew starts to age out and they, oh, yeah. they want to go do their own, they, you know, get out and go um, do some fun stuff. Not And uh, so, but yeah, the chamber for me has been very important over the last couple of years, but um, the networking aspect, you are kind of one of those people, you, Christy, you guys are good at just like getting people involved and 
you know, finding the quiet person on the side of the room and trying to, you know, open them up and, and make them feel comfortable. Have you always been good at networking? Is that something that no. you were kind of like forced <laughs> into at the chamber? Because you I, run the after hours, or, or I say run, but you've coordinated right. plenty of after hours over your career. So, Well, it's interesting when we ask small businesses, especially what benefits are most important to them, networking is always one of the top three. So, you know, people are always concerned about how do I get people in the door? How do I sell more? How do I do whatever? But networking is always a huge part of that. Um, Most people think they're good at networking until you say, okay, walk into that room full of people you don't know and network. And then they're like, a deer in the headlights and have no idea what to do. So that's why with North Country Connection and some different things that we do, we try to ease people into that. We also have an ambassador program, which Mm -hmm. is really good. Um, So we can, if somebody walks into an after hours and they don't know anybody, we just hook them up with someone and say, go introduce them to some people. And that helps so much. So the networking is huge, but I think it's one of those things. You just have to do it. Like you just have to keep doing it. And people are afraid to walk up and talk to somebody else. But when you realize that person's just dying for somebody to come talk to them, you can be their hero. If you just go say hi, that's all you have to do. I've thought about that because I, I was the same. I'm not, I talk to a lot of people now. I still get nervous when you go to an after hours and don't, you, you don't have somebody that you know you're going to meet there. Even though now I, if I walk in, I'm going to know a handful of people, but it's still the anxiety of going into a room of people you may not know mm-hmm. and having to do that kind of like roll up on someone. Maybe you don't know them at all. Um, but it, it's always something I try to force myself because it's always putting me in my comfort zone to talk to people that I don't know. Where, right. Like, it's easy to go to your friends and, and, you know, shoot the breeze with your friends. But when it is, when you go to, because there's a lot of people like I want to meet that I've even, that I've heard of before. Like, um, you know, old, I say older people, people that have been in business a lot longer than me and I've seen them and I've known them since I was like much younger. Mm-hmm. And now you're like kind of, I guess at the same peer-to-peer group but it's still intimidating to go talk to him right like, i always joke like gary like gary was always one of those guys like you, you see i've seen gary growing up he was always like the little like guy i call him the godfather like he just like this little <laughs> little guy and then you know and, and then now that you start to see him at more events and stuff and it's kind of cool he's when, just a guy yeah he's just a guy and, <laughs> He'll and talk uh, to you but, i promise but, yeah but it's like all these like people like um you know i know aaron banner very well and i it's some of these people that i knew before that were just like these people i just they always just seemed older than me and then now you start talking to them like oh they're 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 Again, people. They're people. I think at a certain age, everybody just turns into people. And that was like a, a thing I got over in like my mid-20s. And I'm like, not a, I'm not a kid anymore. I'm like, now I'm like in the adult. So like I'd say like, tw- like early 20s to like all the way to the end, you're pretty much in a big peer group of people that will, you know, they're in a professional setting or whatever. So And it's funny how a little age and a little experience just changes your whole perception oh my of God, things. Yeah. Like I, I always talk to people who are going for a job interview and, you know, they're so nervous about the job interview and what do they do and what do they say and they're freaking out. And I'm like, you have to understand being the employer on the other end, you're just hoping to find somebody good so you can get this over with and hire yeah. them and be done with the process. Yeah. So just be good. Well, <laughs> just like my, my little little sister, youngest sister, she's going she's uh, just graduated from college with like her education degree and she's going into um, she's like, I gotta prep for this interview and prep for this interview. And one of the ladies that was there at the, the party on Fourth of July, she goes, "Just be yourself. Like, who cares?" Like, and of course, she's coming from. A, she's in, probably in her fifties, and mm-hmm. she's. And I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, "Yeah, just go in like your normal self, because they'll hire you for your normal self. If you're too uptight or trying to put on kind of a fake or a facade of like what you hope to be or hope that they want you to be, it doesn't come across as genuine. And I think if you go. 
that's one of the main things I've learned too is just go and act yourself and then people will gravitate. The people that you really want to work with will gravitate towards you and then mm-hmm. you're like, great, these people are awesome because they, they, they are, they've already gotten over that initial, um, I, I guess, the initial like self, you sell yourself prior to meeting somebody by just right. putting your real self out there, which I think is important. And it, the Chamber, like I said, has helped me with that mm-hmm. just from the networking. I've, got, I've been able to get more comfortable just talking the other thing we do is tell people if they're really kind of worried about the networking thing become an ambassador because now it's your job to introduce people to other people so now i'm going to hand you somebody and say here's so and so go so now you have to do it and that's kind of a what's a nice breaker too if you have an ambassador sticker they think you know what you're doing so you can be like well i don't but here i got all perception so just act like you do Uh, so uh now how is and again how is your we talked about how the chamber has kind of grown. How has your role evolved from when you first got in? Kind of, are you doing a lot of the same stuff, or, I mean, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Has more been on your plate or less on your plate? You have more people now, so I don't know if that is a good <laughs> thing. It's or always bad more. Thing. It's never less. Okay. <laughs> in any okay. nonprofit organization, you will never get less on your plate. But it's, um, it's changed a ton just because as you grow and you get used to doing certain things, like say you used to do five events a year, well now you're good at those five events so you've got to add another event and that just over 26 years builds and builds and builds. So there's a lot more and then there are things that just somebody had to figure it out. Like when we first started networking all the computers together, I mean that, yeah. was, that was a thing back then. We had no reason to network them together. Now we do. <laughs> Nobody knew how to do it. Jody, figure it out. So now I'm the IT person. Like you just, you learn the things you need to learn. Yeah. Just to, because again, it's not, it's not like I work for the chamber. I feel more like I am the chamber, you know, like this is, and that's, yeah. that's the hard thing. And like hiring someone, when we're looking at who we're going to hire and how we're going to reconfigure things when I leave, I don't want to hire somebody who thinks they're working for the chamber. I want somebody who wants to be the chamber. Have you guys, are you, I'm assuming you're in that process now? Yes. Yeah. We're, it, we're it, sort of, COVID has reconfigured things. So we're going to sort of rework the, uh, the staff structure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, peel off a few things to some different people and go from there <laughs> that's good but it's going good you're in a good spot uh, better than we were a month or two ago yeah okay perfect yeah. that's exciting um and then um the event portion of it i wanted to ask you because there's a couple of events i look forward to every year but like what's the one event or two events that you look forward to every year is there anything that like really sticks out because you you guys run multiple but i mean multiple. is there anything that like is your favorite day of the year or favorite couple days of the year that you're really looking forward to Business Expo is fun because you get to see everybody. Yeah, like that's a blast. Uh, like I, I, Business Expo is a bear because you know it. It takes a lot for everybody, not even just for me, but for even the people putting up a booth or doing whatever. Everybody puts a lot of thought into it. But then the day of, when you see all those business people together and everybody's in a good mood and they're talking and networking and sharing information and yeah. it's just a it's a really cool way to see everybody come together. Do you guys think you'll have one later this year, or is it going to be kind of punted till next year? That's uh, that's still in the that's still in the, the question. That's yeah. the big question. Okay. <laughs> so last year was our first. That was the first time I ever went to the business expo last year. That's so crazy. Which I know, and I loved it. It was great. We had a great time, and um, we actually upped it. We were going to be on two booths this year. Yeah. So I'm like, we're getting, we're running out of space, and I I'm looking over, and I'm like. Better's got a, a skeet ball machine, and I got one little spot. I'm like, no, I can't do this. So, 
So I gotta, I gotta up my game, but that's and yeah. that's the other beauty of the expo. Like you, you sell real estate, but you don't have to just set up a house. You know, like no, it, it's it's fun. I always tell people like real. I love real estate, but it's the same thing. Like people don't care about real estate unless they want to buy real estate. So I'd, I'd rather just have fun and just go and meet people. Like yeah, we have a booth and stuff, but we try to have fun with it. Like nobody's. I don't look at going to a business expo to really actually sell anybody a home it's just more of you put your logo out there so people see it but then right. you go and you meet everybody so yes. my, my purpose is showing up one to i mean you get your name and stuff out there but two is to support the chamber because i think it's a great like i like the organization so i think it's fun if you get a big um if you get a lot of people that go to it, it just the mass number of people just shows the support and, and i guess kind of the vibrancy of the business community and then you go and you meet a bunch of people mm-hmm. so i just think it's it's a lot of fun and it's just different. I mean, my day to day is always different, but it just kind of gets me into a fun setting where I can see a lot of my friends. Cause a lot of them have become friends. I get to see and them throughout the day. There's no other time during the year. They're all in that one room. No, like it, it, it can't be easier than that. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I love that. And, and, uh, and then obviously the, um, Irish person of the year award that that's always, like I said, it's kind of one It's early in the morning, but I've been, I've gone to it, I think two or three years now. And that's, I think that's fun too. I'm, I'm very Irish. So I mean, it's my, my grandfather came from Ireland. So that's always kind of been a holiday that we've celebrated in the and family. And that's one of those tradition things. Like that's been going on for 65 years. Yeah. You know, that's just insane. And, and it's just one of those funny ones. Like, like we, I, you know, I've heard people talk about it. Like it's kind of, some of the jokes are, are corny and stuff, but I'm like, that's part of it. It's just it's That's the morning. Why and nobody, it's funny. Nobody cares. Like you're going in the morning, you're, you're kind of playing hooky for a couple hours out of work. And mm-hmm. it, it's just, it's fun. So, I mean, I'm assuming those are kind of the two big ones of the year. Those are right? fun. Um, Taste, Taste of the, of the North, North yeah, Country. I've, I've always wanted to go to that. <laughs> someday okay. okay running taste of the north country not so much fun that's, again it's that's the one at the field house right yeah okay i went to but that it's, too and um you know you've got 20 some food vendors that you're organizing but you also get about 350 auction items donated mm-hmm. by members which is months and months of coordinating all of that and then just keeping track of the system and then you've got six or eight hundred people that come so yeah. logistically i mean my office starts piling up with the donations two months before and then we literally all the chamber staff is loading up their cars and making trips to the field house so does all that stuff go into your office oh yeah okay i was wondering where does that stuff get stored because i get anxiety when i have like i have a couple like tvs and monitors back there i'm like these gotta just get out of my office my office evolves like with the event so whatever event is coming up next you probably have like this little tiny path to get to my desk but the rest is is your office about this size yep Okay, so about in about two thirds of it is just it's chamber stuff. stuff. There's yeah. just stuff. You get a little corner, corners. <laughs> a little corner of stuff. Um, <laughs> um, the uh, let me see. If Co- you're ever missing a banner or anything, come look at my office. <laughs> it might be there. It's, it's probably under <laughs> some 1990s syllabus book. Yeah. Um, okay, a few other questions. What has been, um, I guess, over your time at the chamber, your most memorable experiences? Is there anything that really sticks out where you're like, this was a big moment in? either the chamber or this was a big impact, a big impact on my life. There's a lot. I mean, it's all sort of a, the whole experience Mm -hmm. is a big impact because you just meet so many people. And I, you know, I start looking back like between your dad and you, and then Mark Berry was big in the chamber when I first started. And now Alex Berry is Mm -hmm. on the board as daughter. And so it's kind of interesting to just have such a strong connection with all of these people and, and I think some of the more memorable things aren't always the best things, but like the flood. <laughs> Do you remember the yeah. flood? Oh, yeah. In 2011, we you mean? Had, yeah, yeah. We had a foot and a half of water in the chamber. 
Oh, well, yeah, that makes sense. So suddenly... Yeah, Martin Shoot was crushed. Yeah, and I, I see it, Joe Akey standing there saying, in, in 48 hours, this chamber's going to be full of water. And I'm like, no way. And sure enough, it was like the slowest moving disaster. Is there a disaster. basement there or on a slab? No, it's on a slab. So it was oh. in the chamber. And so... <laughs> okay. One thing we learned is how much paper we have. <laughs> Everybody, like we probably had 11 of those giant filing cabinets. Those yep, big metal things. Oh, yeah. Full of paper that is wet now. And so as we see the water coming across, I'm like, grab your computers, load up your cars. So we started, but it's amazing what the chamber can do in the blink of an eye. We found the hospital donated a building for us that they were planning on for their health network offices, but they hadn't moved in yet. We moved all of our offices to there and thank goodness for them because they held off for a little while so we could be there for like a month, maybe more, I don't remember, but all the computers, all the stuff. So then Sue, Matt and I are at the chamber and we're literally trying to lift up the desks and putting, put them on cinder blocks, just trying to save anything because nonprofit organization, we're not just going to go buy all new desks and, um, just getting everything out of there. And then we had other members, you know, coming and volunteering and helping us. So (laughs) we're there in our waiters, (laughs) like literally we had waiters on just lugging everything out in like two feet of water. It's like a scene in the Titanic. It was, it was was crazy, but we managed to salvage a ton of stuff, like literally a ton of stuff. And move everything over to this new office and get set up and be back in operation in 24 hours and then go back over to the chamber and try to do whatever we needed to do. But then we basically had to gut the inside from like halfway down. This to I was the wondering, floor. water damage has oh, yeah. been pretty severe. So they had to go like, like four feet up. Mm-hmm. Everything from down there to the, to the floor, gone. Yeah. Um, and then all the paper, did you go digital at that point? Yes. Okay. I was like, I was okay, say, everyone, you- new process. <laughs> Now we're going to save things digitally. Yeah, that's that's stuff that we've been slowly doing, which is great because all our files are online now. It's like, oh, thank God. We don't have piles of, and stacks well, of stuff. I had somebody just sitting there scanning for hours because we, we had stuff we had to keep, but now it was soaking wet or whatever. So they just started scanning. Could you scan the wet stuff? Yep. Okay. I didn't know. I'm like, is that just a loss? No, some of it we could save. The air dryer just hanging up on the clothesline. Now, again, this probably ties into... The, what, what you just talked about, what proudest accomplishment, I mean, is it, what's your, I guess, from start to finish, is there something that really sticks out or is it kind of just the growth that's happened? I think it's the growth and it's just, you know, it's little things like, like bringing somebody like, even like you, you know, you were a business person in the community who didn't know anything about the chamber and now Mm -hmm. you've discovered what it's all about. Like Mm -hmm. that's exciting for me to see people realizing the power of the organization just because the organization really is all of its members. So it's all those people coming together to do a cool thing. Um, so just seeing, you know, and all, we've developed different events, the women in business event and, you know, all these different things that everybody loves, but it's sort of the, the total package that is. Do, no, it makes sense. Did, did um, I'm trying to th- see how I word this. Like when you talk about um, all the members coming together in a sense, how is our chamber compared to other places? Is, I mean, is our chamber pretty strong or is it? It's very strong. Um, the weird thing about chambers is 
there's no sort of set system. Like a, a chamber isn't a chamber isn't a chamber. So you might have a chamber that is a chamber of commerce, but it's got, you know, just a volunteer staff. Or you've got a chamber of commerce and they have one director and then a board of directors. So they put on a parade once a year and that's a chamber of commerce. And then you've got a business organization like ours, which is a completely different beast. Yeah. So, you know, our it's, it's hard to compare chambers, but... Um, because our chamber represents the whole North Country, it's super, super strong. Um, we've got, with Gary Douglas, who's got all the political savvy in the world, you know, we've got a lot going for us there, so we have a strong voice in Albany and Washington, That's, so it's good. Yeah, I, it seems to me that it's probably a, a, an above average or even very high chamber level, just mm -hmm. based on what you said, because... Um, Again, it just seems like it's it's kind of a pr uh, again. I'm looking from the outside. It looks like a pretty well-oiled machine. I'm mm -hmm. sure, like I said, day to day, you're like any any small organization. That's you know, there's challenges, but I think overall, the perception, at least for me, is that it's a very well-run organization. Is doing a lot of great things locally, um, you know, and I think it will continue to. And when you know, when Elise Stefanik calls us and asks Gary for his opinion when she's making decisions, or Governor Cuomo calls and asks for his opinion, or Hillary Clinton calls when she was, you know, mm -hmm. it's those people care about what the North Country thinks, but they need one voice giving them the message, and that ends up being the Chamber of Commerce. Do So I guess how many um, well-known, you know, either politicians or people like, you know, I guess well-known like household name people have you met before or talked to? Do you like pick up the phone when, when Hillary called you back in the day? Is that your, you know what I mean? Like yeah. people reached out or the Gary certainly reached? does. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they, they reference him and call him and yeah, it's, I was on a, I was on one of the calls with, um, it was over the COVID. I think was it Chuck Schumer that was on the mm -hmm. call. It was kind of funny. He just picks it up and he's like, Gary, how's it going? And he goes, <laughs> Got any Michigans up there or something like that? And it was just like, it was funny to hear because you see these guys all over the news and it's funny when they just like call you up and then, you know, obviously, you know, he's just calling Gary like as an old buddy, you know? So it's kind of, oh, yeah. it's kind of neat to see like, you know, obviously how high certain people climb within politics, but then also like, I think how, even though we think we're distant, I think we're a lot more connected, at least in the state level than, um, at least in recent time than I think we probably were in the past. Oh yeah. So, which is kind of cool because you're starting to see a lot more, even when Cuomo's referencing North Country on, you know, talking basically about us up in here versus just saying upstate New York, you mm -hmm. know, he's really focusing or, or, you know, geographically has a, at least a title for us, which is cool. Definitely. Um, have they used Adirondack Coast yet? Have you got them to use that <laughs> vernacular? They go with North Country because that comes from the economic development initiative that they did a few years ago where they had different regions competing for economic development money. So we were the North Country region. I'm waiting for like Christy to like pay off the teleprompter guy to just slip <laughs> in Adirondack, Adirondack Coast. Adirondack Coast. Yeah. Um, so so um, now going – actually, we'll, we'll, come, we'll come back to a few other questions. Going for like hobby wise, I you know we, we, I watch you on Instagram and everything else. You're obviously a big outdoors person, hiking, kayaking. Mm -hmm. Have you always done that? Is that kind of like a hobby that you've grown up as a little girl? Like you said, you grew up in Saranac. Or um, that area? Yeah, we lived in like West Plattsburgh area. Went to school in Saranac, and uh, I was a figure skater and a snow skier and a water skier, and uh, that's kind of how we filled our days. And my We're, sister did gymnastics, so I ended up doing a little bit of that and dance and. Did you play like any organized sports? Or was it more just kind of like going? Well, off because and, I was figure skating. I mean, that was a that was your that thing? was a 
before school in the morning and after yes. school, you know, like that was a thing. Um, and just family wise in the summers, we would go to a water ski tournament every weekend. My dad oh. was the guy rallying everybody. My dad was me back then. You know, he was everybody get in their campers. We all have those campers that go on the back of a pickup oh, truck yeah. kind oh, of yeah. campers. Yep. Everybody get in their campers and there'd be 15 or 20 families and we'd go park in a parking lot and be at a water ski tournament all weekend. And, and you were competing in that? Um, yep. And just my dad had a whole Aquagelics water ski club, and we did shows did you with walk the pyramids. Jumps and stuff? Yep. Wow. Jumps and so you had no I always fear got thrown on the top of the pyramid. <laughs> Wait, oh, my, the, my sister, the pyramid, like on the skis, like yeah. Oh, you did that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh wow. My sister and brother actually, when I went and skated in a professional ice show, they went and water skied in a professional water ski show. <laughs> and then my brother became a stunt man, and now he owns a skydiving school. <laughs> We were so, a weird family. Did you skydive? Yep. Did you like that? I, I did it with my brother, actually, one time when he was here. Yeah. You, it's, was it's that fun. okay? It's fun. How he high did it. they go up? Um, I don't know how high you go Like However high the plane went up before they pushed us 5,000, maybe? Yeah. 10,000? Yeah. It's got to be It's got to be more like 10,000, because I think they pulled a shoot at 5,000, right? I, I don't know. I, don't I know. did. I, I was along for the ride. I was tandem with yeah. my brother. Um, yeah, that's, that's not on my bucket list to skydive. <gasps> you got to do no, it. It's, it's so not, it's fun. like one of those, I always look, I don't know. It's just one where I'm not a big adrenaline junkie. I was watching a, I was, was watching a documentary last weekend and it was like skiing and, and, uh, big wave surfers. And I'm like, I just don't have that in me. I don't care. I don't want to go do that because it's not like, I like, like skiing to me is like the, about the most adrenaline I need. Like if I'm going down, like, <laughs> cause so I guess skiing, you've, you've skied since you were a little, a little girl. Yeah. So when did you first start skiing? It was like two, I was two years. years old. Yeah. So it's we had a little hill at my house. And my parents would just push us down the hill, <laughs> and then they would take us to Whiteface, and they'd bring a babysitter and leave her with us for half the day, and then they would ski with us for half the day. So you've been going to Whiteface for since you were a little kid. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started to go to I just started going to Whiteface two years ago on the Chamber Ski Day. It was the first time I ever went to Whiteface, and needless to say, I I can get down. I'd say ninety percent of them there, okay, like the actual like slopes, mm-hmm. maybe eighty to ninety percent, and then some of them I'm just like, ah, I don't know, it just freaks me you out. You can get down any of them. I can get down. It's I should say away yes. from it. That's yeah, I should say walking away <laughs> uninjured and not in the hospital. Because um, I've taken a couple hard. Like I'm not great at skiing. Like I can get down, but I'm not. Like my my technique is not good. It's more of like. I'm athletic enough to kind of maneuver my way down, but when you talk about, because I know you, t- you told me before, like keep your skis in, you like keep you know keep your body forward and just kind of go. And I'm next winter we'll do ski lessons. Oh my god, I yeah I, I'm a the whole I, family. I, I can get down. Yeah, I just I, I want to get my kids involved in it because then maybe I'll just kind of like watch the ski guy give him lessons and I'll be like okay. Okay. Do, that was next. the one thing that we could do as a family. My son was into soccer and baseball, and that was all great, but we would go watch him. But skiing was yeah. the thing we could all do together. So when he was two or three years old, we taught him to ski, and now he can ski anything at Whiteface. Well, he has been able to since he was tiny. You and your so, husband both ski yeah. all the time? So it was something we could all do at the same time, which was great. Do, do, do you travel a lot for skiing, or is it just you primarily Whiteface, or do you go to different well, resorts? Well, my plan when I retire is to travel so a soon. lot more. So soon. <laughs> so we went to Park City this last year and you know we've been to Vermont and Quebec, Mont Tremblant, places like that. But I, I would love to go spend like a month just skiing just be a different ski places out west. What uh what's your favorite resort or what's your favorite mountain? Um whatever one doesn't have ice at any given moment. 
Because <laughs> so, Whiteface is I mean, primarily I, I icy love, mountain. It is, but I grew up skiing there. Yeah. So the beauty of Whiteface is I know a ton of people there. And it's we just have this really good group of people that meet in the morning and we get on that first gondola and we just have a great time and we can ski until 12 or one o'clock and go home and you still have the rest of your day. So that's fun, but it's also fun to do something like go on a park city vacation and, and ski a completely different thing. I've heard whiteface is very steep. Is that, is it steeper than most mountains? It's fine. You just, but I mean, like, but I'm I'm saying like, am I, if I, like, if I went on Whiteface, should I be intimidated by any other mountain? Are they all about the same? I always told my son, if you learn to ski at Whiteface, you can ski anywhere. And that's mainly because it tends to get a little icy now and then. So, and there are, there's definitely some steep stuff. Now, obviously if you're a beginner, you just stay on the beginner trails, but if you want steep, you can find steep at Whiteface. Yeah. I like, um, is it What's the big one? Skyward up top? Mm-hmm. That's the one that freaks me out. Oh, I look it's down. my favorite. I know, and I, you're crazy. So I always go and get up there, and like, you want to go down? I'm like, I'm going to go down those two. And I can get down the other one, so I'm fine. I love Victoria, because that's like a good, that's like steep for me, but I can get down it. So that's kind of a fun one. My dad always taught me you can get down anything. So I should say, I can get down. You can turn and stop, and turn and stop, and turn and stop. You could get down anything. So you should never be afraid well, when I went down, well, now granted, the only time I went down Skyward was at the Chamber Ski Day. First time I was at Whiteface, I was with Adam Crosley well, and Buck, Buck Bobbin. Both those guys are, yes, much better skiers than I was. We went in. I did great. I didn't fall. I was excited. I only skied Titus before this. So I was like, I got all the way down. I went down. I went down a couple black diamonds like before lunchtime. And I was like, wow, this, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm I've, pretty good. I haven't skied in like two years. <laughs> then we go eat may or may not have had a couple oh, drinks your problem. and then Don't it was ever. like and then it was like one o'clock and we start like let's go up to the top so it's like one o'clock we're going up it is getting foggier and foggier and foggier as we're getting up i've never been to the summit of, of whiteface and all of a sudden i'm like <laughs> they go up and like skyward just drops <laughs> it off does. so they kind of go and turn and all of a sudden they just like drop off and next guy drops off and i'm and I remember skiing up and I like nope. looked down. No, this is my thought, probably because I had like the liquid courage in me, but I just I basically just said F it and I just went. So I kind of went one, two, fell and spun. And then I'm like, it took me like five minutes to get my ski on because it's so darn steep that I couldn't like put my actual ski on. Then I ended up going again a couple slides and I think it was, I don't know what I was doing. And I did the barrel roll, oh. probably, I don't even know how far down, quite a distance down. You fall on that trail, you're going to go for a ways. Oh, and, and I don't even know. And Buck came skiing down. I, if 40 yards, 50 yards, 30 yards, I don't know. So it was quite a distance. And then I got up about, now I'm about halfway down Skyward, which I fell halfway down Skyward. So now it's lower Skyward, or I don't know if that's a real term, but the lower part of it. And then I managed to go all the way down without falling. So that was okay. Your problem was the... Beverage at lunch. So I think if I, because I was like, you can do it. You save your beverage for celebration at the end of the day. Yeah. So next year, I think, because I bought skis la- beginning of last year for the first time ever. So I actually have my own skis and boots, which makes a huge difference compared to the ones you rent. They're much nicer. And uh, as you would expect. But I, so next year, hopefully, is the year I can I ski everything. I think you were supposed to ski with us one day and you weren't there. I skied with you, you, Adam and Jared. That's were my, that's my morning crew. I was probably, I think I was out of town. So you filled no, in. Rude. Well, well, you filled in. They probably had a better ski day with you than me. Cause <laughs> we had fun. We, we, we usually, uh, like, I, I, I guess it's called poaching a trail with Adam. Oh. And I didn't know what he said because I looked at him like, oh, that one's close. He goes, yeah, we're just not going to see that. I'm like, what? 
And uh, I would never do that. No, no, I don't think you, you good conscience. Um, so, but I managed to kind of, well, actually the funny story when I poached that one, I ended up turning and I fell like two turns into the thing where people are going up and they're like, look at this idiot going down a trail. It's not groomed and he's falling. And then I managed to go the rest of the way and down. And then the ski patrol is like, that's karma. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> you and can lie there well, for a while. Adam was sitting there. I'm like, won't that kid say something? He goes, he's sitting in the booth reading something. He's even paid 12 bucks an hour. He's not going to say a word. He doesn't care. Yeah. He does not care. So, um, so that's my skiing thing. So the other thing I want to ask you about, because you said, again, I read this in the article, but photography is a new, new, is that a new hobby? Um, I started getting into it probably when my son was playing a lot of baseball and soccer and all of that. And baseball for me is a really long game. <laughs> slow, slow. It's a little slow. So I started, you know, taking photos of him doing that and the whole team doing that. And the more I got into it, the more I liked it. So that's going to be my sort of uh, retirement part-time career so this is just like a hobby that you've just obviously trained yourself more yep. in, into and um what kind of photography do you do mostly or what do you enjoy doing most um it so far i've been doing things like senior photos and family photos and i like doing the sort of natural stuff not the really posed studio kind of stuff i like the you know the lifestyle kind of photos and then i just uh, actually got a drone and tomorrow i'm going to take my drone certification test so i'll be able to do that how and do you get that the drone certification? oh it's a process is it yeah I'll tell you later. Okay. It's, I want you to tell me after. It's not I, exciting. No, I know it's <laughs> not exciting. Everyone I, I want to just have it because for real estate, we need one. And I've had people do it for me. And then I'm like, I like doing that stuff. And part yeah. of it just to have it so I can, I don't know, just horse around. And So the drone, um, do you do actual photography? Do you do video or is that? Yep. So with, you can do it all with that. The thing with the certification, if you're just doing it recreationally, anybody can yeah. anybody can just fly. But if you want to do it as a business and charge people for mm -hmm. it, then you need the certification. So I will hopefully have that tomorrow, and then I can add that to my little repertoire. So you've been flying a drone? Yeah. Do you have? Is it one of the DJI ones? It is. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty slick. I want to get. Um, I think it was the Mavic Air is the one I want to get. Mm -hmm. It's the kind of smaller one. I started with the Mini, which is the really small one, and I and love it. Fits in your pocket. It kind of, not they say quite, that, but maybe, maybe not a, maybe, a, maybe really a big, big, big adult. Pocket. Yeah, big adult. <laughs> big adult. Um, yeah, so like, and again, I, I do like house photos and stuff, so I have mm -hmm. a whole pouch there. And I, I just enjoy, I enjoy photography. I'm not great at it. I actually have lights in that box, which I got during COVID oh, about three months ago and I haven't even opened They're it They're still in the box. Still in the box. Tape's How do you have on. technology and not open it? I, I would have to open it. I want to open that right now. That sat at the <laughs> foot of my bed for two months during COVID. Oh, I had no time to open it and play with it. Between like work and kids, I was like, the last thing I had to do was, and, I, and still sitting there. So I'll get to it. And the thing with photography is there's always one more cool technology thing oh, that you want to buy. Like there's always just one more thing. Thing. Well, we do video and stuff, so I have a lot of mics. I have different mics. I have wireless mics, lab mics, um, shotgun mics. I have all these things. I have no, or sorry, not lights, mics. I have no lights. So this is my first thing of lights that I could get that yeah. makes a difference because I've done stuff with BBG and I've picked Chris's mind as he's t talking about lighting. And I got a couple other friends that, um, you know Scott Brightwell at all? No. He's a really good, he's a local guy, but he's a really huh. good photographer. He did like teaching over in Europe, um, in Italy, I think it was. I don't know, he knows a lot, but, um, so photography, like what is, is that just like for the business aspect, is that going to be something you're going to offer, you know, for people to buy or purchase or yeah. sessions or, or yep. prints or whatever? So I'll probably go back to doing more senior photos just because I kind of got into that. Obviously my kid was in that phase of life. So, you know, 
just knew those people. So I'll do some, I've already booked sessions for this year and uh, we'll, I'll just have more time to do that, which will be fun. What is your son going away for college? He went to Albany last year for his first year okay. and uh, came oh, so home with the whole COVID action. And uh, so now he's at home. So, so you got a taste, you got like a tease of like the empty nester. I life. did. <laughs> I, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I kind of liked it. <laughs> How does, how does that come? It's really hard at first. And then once you embrace it, it's like, wow, like I can come home from work and not have to worry about running to a game or running to this or where my kid is or what I'm doing. I can just go for a run myself and I can grab the dog and go for a paddleboard and I can do whatever I want to do. Yeah. Cause that we're on the other end of the spectrum. So our kids just started. So my life when I get home is just nonstop kids until they go to bed. And then you rush for like an hour and a half to two hours to do the stuff you need to do. And then you just go to bed. Yeah. So it's not a lot of, like I said, free time to even open up light. So how, I guess from a parenting perspective, because every age is different, but like how, what was the experience like having a kid from very young to now empty nester? I'm just as more well, of a and, selfish question. Yeah. And I only had one. So I, I think about people with multiples and I just think, yeah. oh, I don't know how you do that. But, um, and, and we both had full-time jobs. So, you know, yeah. like everybody does. So it's, it's nothing unique, but I just, I think I kept worrying that, oh no, he's now he's not one anymore. I've missed, you know, like the best part of his life is over and now he's not three anymore. And that was so much fun. What if this, and every year I thought, what if 10 years old isn't as much fun? Every year was more and more fun. I thought, because it's all just different. So when they're little, you're doing everything for them and that's fun. And it's great to see them, you know, see the little lights go on and see them learning things. And then when they're in those middle years, you're doing everything with them. Yeah. So that makes it even more fun. And just to, you know, get their friends involved and go on little trips together and, you know, just do all that stuff with them. And then now they go away and (laughs) they don't care about you anymore. Yeah. At what age do they not want to be around mom and dad anymore? It's like teenage, right? Yeah. Kind of like they start distancing. It's kind of like you have a pet lizard and it comes out and gets food and then it goes back into its little cage. But it usually, I think, comes like full circle. I think I think kids become more attached to parents like after college. Mm-hmm. It always seems that you kind of go back to, you get through like your high school and your college phase of all your buddies and you're really tight with your friends. And then I think you start to have a better appreciation. Because I think part of it is you just mature and you just realize like, okay, your parents, you know, now having kids, I'm like, yeah, it's not easy. Like, so then you take mm-hmm. it for granted growing up with your parents, you know, sacrificing so much for you and then now you're on the opposite end and then it puts in perspective and you're like okay like they did a lot for me and now in turn but it's like the natural instinct is i I don't know what it is but as soon as you have a kid it just like i think something just goes off in your body that just clicks and like okay now you can be a parent like you know what you're doing even though you don't so could you just it's just the phases of your life you have different priorities so like i remember when i was 17 and i graduated from high school i could not wait to get out of here you know i just wanted to go and explore and just leave this behind and it's a small town and how could anybody live here forever and i just have to go be whatever it is i'm gonna be and then i did that for five years and basically traveled the whole world Mm -hmm. and then came back and thought i need to live in los angeles that's going to be exciting and then you move there and you realize if you go running and you take a wrong turn you could end up in a crack village you know like it's a scary place and then at a certain point in your life 
you come back here and you're like, this is amazing. We have the lake and the mountains and we don't have to lock our doors and we can just do it. We leave the, telling y'all now, we leave the windows and the doors wide open all night long. And, you know, it's just such an amazing place to live. But I didn't appreciate it when I was 17 years old. Yeah, and I think a lot of, I've had a lot of friends and and people that I know, either older or younger, have come back to the area and just raised their family here. Because they did, they went they did five or ten years out of the area, came back, and like, oh, it's not a bad place to, to raise a family. Um, and I think from a geographical perspective, like people, you know, you want to be. It's nice to be near a city because of convenience. But mm-hmm. the good thing about us, we're like smack dab in all of them, so you can really get to a variety of cities. Versus if you live in Boston, I mean, maybe Boston you get to a couple spots, but I still like the idea that we're only an hour from Montreal, which is cool. Right. I love going to Montreal, and then I just think our. I don't know, geographically, we're in such a cool area. It's really... Especially if you're an outdoors person like yourself. It's really perfect. Like, you really can get the best of the city life, but then go back home to your country life and not be worried about... Yeah, I'm like a two, three-day city guy max. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm seeing way too many people. I gotta gotta (laughs) be able to just, like, walk down a path and not talk to anybody. I'll be good. Um, So, a few more questions. Um, These are, again, kind of tying at the end with uh, the chamber, but... What will you miss most about the chamber? Probably the people. You know, just it's it's such an easy way to connect with people because mm-hmm. whatever the event is or, you know, just them coming into the office to say hi or just we know so many people and there's always that constant interaction. So I can see why when people retire or move off and do something else, they're just not interacting with all those people anymore. Look, how, so maybe how, Jody Parks Photography will be the newest chamber member, and I'll start coming to after hours. There you go. As maybe, <laughs> I'll not, chat not, with and, you. And I'll no, be an ambassador. And, uh, I was gonna say, you, uh, you maybe not even have to wear the ambassador. It's like I'm, I'm totally done. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna be the one sitting done. in the corner eating. I'm not even gonna talk to anybody. Eating finger foods, yeah. <laughs> um, and so, what, if you had to guess, over 25 years, how big is your Rolodex of people that you know? Oh, Are you talking like crazy. tens of 10,000 people maybe? I don't even know. It's a Just lot. Just over like if you – do you have a hard time – like if you were to go into a restaurant and sit down and eat, you know at least one, two, three mm-hmm. groups of people. Yeah. Probably every time. That always – and then in my mind, a lot of times I think, okay, because uh, I'm, I'm old now <laughs> – who is that for, you know, like, and so I'll start thinking, okay, manufacturing, no, definitely hospitality. Okay. So they own a hotel (laughs) and you know, like, I'm like, it takes me 30 seconds to figure out what their name is. I have to go through the process to get, you just start talking to people. Like, you know who they are. Yeah. (laughs) Most people do that. And then it's like, yeah, you remember that I, 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 when I talk to people and I know they don't really know who I am, I'll clue them into something that I know will clue them into how they know the me. the worst thing ever is when someone's like, you don't remember me, do you? Yeah. Like, obviously not. Why don't you just tell me who you are? I'm actually very open on that. I've had people talk to me. I'm like, I'm so, I apologize. I, I know your face. What's your name again? And, and usually people at that point, they don't like, you, I'm like, I'm so sorry. And they're, they're fine with it because you, you just run into so many people that it's some people just, if you don't see them every day, they yeah. kind of merge together. and Or like you said, industries merge together. And you're like, what hotel is that person at? And, right. Um, or bank they're at. Um, what is your, I guess, outlook and hope for the region moving forward into the future? Um, you know, whether it be the chamber, whether it just be the, this, the area in general. Like, what's your hope? What, what do you project? What is like 2020 and beyond, do you think, for North Country? Adirondack You know, I think we've done, and I think I probably said that in the article, a really good job mixing growth with keeping the the hometown feel. Like, 
you always want to grow and expand and get new jobs for people and new opportunities for people, but you don't want to get to the point where you can't just walk down the street and see a few people you know and, and you know, feel safe in your own hometown. So I, I like that this area is the perfect mix of all of that. I, I would agree. Um, like I said, as much as, as much sometimes the grocery store might take a little bit longer, it's nice to see some people <laughs> that, you know, you have to go at six in the morning, <laughs> I've, six or eight o'clock at night. I've done both. Um, and I, I guess, so if people don't know, we probably should have said this all the way back in the beginning, but, uh, why, why is the chamber important for area? And like, again, what kind of services do they provide for anybody that may not know? Because again, a couple of years ago, I didn't know this is. Right. I think important to know. So we do so many things and we actually have a few different um, opportunities if people ever want to learn about that. They should call me at 518-563-1000 and we can uh, hook them up with one of our seminars or webinars to uh, talk more about it. But a lot of people look at it from whatever point of view they care about most. So the tourism industry knows that we are the tourism promotion agency for Clinton County and that's what they care about. So we've got one whole branch of the chamber that does nothing but tourism promotion. Um, but we are also an economic development agency. So we are constantly doing economic development um, jobs for the area, bringing people in, telling them about the area, providing information for them, and all the business services that we offer as far as providing people with information. Like, like one of the big accomplishments, this whole COVID thing, when it hit, I mean, I remember talking to Gary a few months before all of this really happened saying, is this really a thing? Like, are we really going to have to not do the Irishman's <laughs> breakfast? Like, it's been happening for 65 years. That's not possible, right? And it was just amazing. And then pretty soon, it's like suddenly, yeah, businesses are shutting down. Like, this is not a thing. So then immediately the chamber jumps into action. How do we help the businesses? And, and one of the biggest things is the, just the sheer amounts of information coming out confusing conflicting some of it correct some of it completely false like you need somebody to guide you through that and the chamber did that yeah i i you guys were incredible during the whole covid i mean between the was it the daily doses and yeah. uh, the emails and the webinars and i was on a lot of them especially in the early probably the first month when everything was just so much up in the air and changing so quickly. Yeah. One of the first seminars that Jackie Keller did for us, we were going to tell everybody that the governor has told us we need to reduce our workforces by 75%. And everybody was freaking out about that. Like, how is it possible? I can't even imagine reducing my workforce by 75%. As she's giving the webinar, we're live on the webinar and she's saying 75%. The governor is on his daily thing, um, daily thing yeah. and he said a hundred percent and i'm like jackie breaking news <laughs> and, and then we had to tell people a hundred percent you have to send everybody home yeah like how is that even possible it, it it's it was wild it, it's I mean, and again i say it's unprecedented i i'm 30 years old so I haven't been around that long, but when you hear like, again, people have been around for decades, like this is crazy. Yeah. Then you realize how you put it in perspective of like, okay, this is never, you know, it was kind of like the ice storm or, you know, ice storm, 9-11 and this are kind of like the three things that really stick out to me in mm -hmm. the flood for us, the flood in 11. 
of just like weird things that happen and you know that kind of really stick out as you know the year and the time frame it but all happened. But then it's how you respond to it that's like the true test and I yeah. think in all of those instances the chamber is the organization or, that steps up and you know with with this whole COVID thing we're in the financial situation that everybody else is in. We didn't qualify for PPP. We couldn't get that funding. We don't qualify for a oh, lot of that stuff. As, yeah. as a non nonprofit? As a we are not we are a 501 C six, C three. Now I just one told, of those. I've been saying it for twenty six years. But there are charitable organizations, and then there are nonprofit corporations, which we are. So chambers couldn't get that. Wow. So um, the the money factor is definitely real for us. We've had some huge events that haven't happened, so that's definitely a fact. You know, so we really need to figure out how to keep going, but instead of just closing the doors and giving up, we're going to find a way to make it work. And we were the ones leading everybody through it. And as confusing as closing down everybody's offices were, opening up is almost more confusing because now there's a whole bunch of rules that were never in play before and people have to really consider those. So, I, Well, I came in for about six hours on a Saturday and went through the real estate script word for word. It was 20 something pages on mm -hmm. different ones. And everything we needed to have and what documents we need to have. And again, granted, how much are a cleaning log? Like we have a cleaning log. Like, I don't know if that will ever be checked, but it was kind of more, well, they're telling me I need a cleaning log. I'm going to have a cleaning log and I'm going to have a sign in sheet and I'm going to have all these things that, you know, can they enforce it? Are they going to enforce it? But I'm like, if that's going to stop us from opening, then I got to make sure I have this. Right. So I came in and crammed this out because they, I think they came out on Friday and said, you're open now. And then it said, oh, by the way, this is what you have to do to open. And I was like, oh, okay. And then you were just scrambling to open for Monday. So, but overall, I mean, I'm very, you got to realize the time's unprecedented. So I'm not critical of anybody because everybody's trying to figure it out. So right. it's like, you got to give people the benefit of the doubt because I think people are too too quick to jump on people and be like, you know, why wasn't this done sooner? Why wouldn't we get this done quicker? What, why did we wait so long? And it's like... And even from the Every government's perspective, they've had to, I mean, imagine being an employee there. If somebody says, figure out how to open all these businesses by tomorrow. <laughs> and you've yeah. got to put together oh, all I of I couldn't those. imagine. Like, this is just real people scrambling to do the best they can possibly do and, to and make I, this work. I think we've navigated it pretty well. I mean, up here, mm -hmm. I think we've done a tremendous job. And I think a lot of it does come from the chamber. Because, again, a lot of the stuff I... I was relying on you guys because there's a million things I was getting from every every which way. And it was like the chamber I kind of looked at and I'm like, okay, and I would read through all the daily doses and kind of go through the things that applied to me. And it's like, okay, this is good. This is good. And you guys pretty much took all the information we needed and just kind of put it easy, like an easy digestible, like right in front right. of your face. You know, well, that's, that's a reality of today's world is information overload. We're getting hit from so many angles mm -hmm. and everybody wants their thing to get out. So that's one of the things we can do is consolidate it and find the stuff you really need to know. Yeah, I, I thought it was. <laughs> and give you that. Yes, you, know, you guys did an incredible job with that. Um, last question I have, Jody, for you is what do you think now, now having um, a couple years under your belt here um, and getting ready for retirement, uh, what do you think your keys to success are like in regards to the chamber in regards to just people, you know, coming through as you can kind of, you have a better perspective than someone that's, you know, at my age, looking back, I think, you know, you've had gone through obviously the base closing, you've gone through, Ooh. you know, the flood, you've All gone through fun things, uh, a bunch yeah. of different economic, Pfizer. The 2008 <laughs> Pfizer. Yes. I mean, you're, you're talking a bunch of ups and downs economically, regionally, um, 
going through all of that, what do you think the keys to success was that you've been able to, you, Gary, the chamber, been able to navigate over the last 25 years? A lot of it is probably flexibility, you know, like look for the opportunities that are out there, take advantage of any opportunity you can find, bring people together for a common cause, but then be willing to be flexible. So when you find out something like even the base closure, when you find out the base is closing, you can sit around and cry about it or you can get on it and do something about it. So, you know, when you find out all the businesses have to shut down, you can, everybody can sit around and complain or you can get on it and provide some information for people. So it's just finding the positive side of things and figuring out how to make that a good thing for everybody. Is that a natural thing for you to figure out like the, like problem, what's next step? I think I'm always a, you know, okay. Optimistic. Okay, what do we do? I'm a, I'm a doer. Yeah. Like, okay, what can I do now? How do I fix this? Yeah. Um, and then, but it's all of us at the chamber. Gary's super good at visioning and, you know, seeing the big picture and everything. And, it, you know, things like the airport. We had little tiny Clinton County Airport. Yeah. And that could have stayed that way forever. But there was a bigger vision about that. And everybody said, nobody's ever going to, you're not going to be able to fill that airport. It's never going to work. Uh, yeah. I think you that, air, I mean, I, again, I don't know a ton about the airport, but I'm assuming that airport has some big growth ahead of it. Oh, yeah. And so, which is exciting. And it's the amount it's grown from where it started to where it was. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it happened 10 times faster than they thought it would happen. So, things like that, things like the border, um, revamping the whole border changed everything. So, there's big picture stuff that really takes everybody coming together to make it happen. Um, and the, the chamber can help do that. But I think, you know, it's just always trying to find what's the silver lining? What can we take from this? How do we make this benefit us and not just sit around and cry about it? <laughs> That's good. That's good. Um, Jody, anything else that you would like to mention, talk about? Anything that, like I said, wor- worthwhile? And- we can talk longer. I well, wanna... no, I'm good. I think, okay. um, you know, it's interesting to me, and we've talked about this before, that like uh, we always think because we live and breathe the chamber that everybody knows what the chamber is. Mm-hmm. So when you told me you didn't know what the expo is that one year, I was yeah. like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to cry. Like, we've been promoting <laughs> this for 30 years. How do you not I, know? I, but, uh, but then it – so that says to me, obviously, some people are not getting that message. Um, And I really think it's the people in your age group that are the new chamber, you know, Mm -hmm. like you guys are the movers and shakers now. And that was somebody said to me a little while ago. He said, I remember when we first started at the chamber and we looked up at the Mark Berries and the, you know, those type of people. And we thought, wow, you know, they're the movers and shakers that, you know, the Rod Giltzes and the Allen Booths. And they're like so important and they're making all the decisions. And he's like, it dawned on me the other day. That's us. It's like, oh man, I don't feel mature enough for that. Well, that, <laughs> that's, that's a lot that, of responsibility. That's the thing. It's like, it's like girl, I, I, was, uh, I was talking to Matt uh, Boyer. And I said, well, Matt, I said, knowing guys like you just makes me, it just reaffirms that I'm just never going to grow up because right. you always think that you're going to mature and grow up. And you know, like no. Matt and all these guys that just joke around, have a good time. It's, you know, they're, you know, 20 years older than me and they act the same as they probably did when they were 20 to 30, you right. know, a little more knowledge, but they're still having fun and still, you know, loving it. And I think when you called me about the, the, uh, the chamber award, I didn't know what the chamber, I think yeah. I asked you, what is that? And I yeah. felt bad ask after the fact, cause then I told Aaron and Aaron jumped out of his seat and I'm like, Aaron, why don't I like, 
<laughs> and I felt bad because I just was oblivious to a lot of the stuff that went on. But then like going to these events, I'm like, these are really cool. They're well done. Obviously, a lot of time goes into them because they don't just pop up and happen. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, there's just a lot of good stuff you guys are doing at the chamber. Um, but like the, your age group is is the group that now needs to sort of start taking the reins. And, and you're yeah. the movers and shakers now. So get involved and get to know these people. And don't be afraid to come to a meeting and meet some people. But, my my goal once we can now get back to that is actually yeah. going up to the the I say the uh, the existing guard the the guys that have been girls who have been there for years and, and like introduce myself to them because a lot of it is I focus on like my kind of plus or minus five to ten years from my age versus right. going up to the you know late forties and fifties and sixty year olds that again people that I've heard of or known and I've never spoken to them in my life but I still think it's good to. Pick, I like I like I like talking to successful people or people that I can pick their brains and kind of see like what kind of what kind of advice do you have because right. I don't want to no offense I don't want to just keep making the same mistakes I'd rather learn from you and mm-hmm. what worked and what didn't work and it gives a good perspective and allows you to kind of mold your thoughts in your head um, so that's kind of a challenge I've wanted to do once we get back is just to kind of roll up on some people that have no clue who I am and just say well, hi but and the just, funny thing is like as much as you look at those people and you don't you think they don't know who you are and you know all that you've got people under you now yeah, who that, look to you like with those stars in their eyes so they're looking it, at you like you're the one that knows what you're doing and you're looking at the other just people. gotta fake it right just you just, do just, you gotta fake it that's it <laughs> but it's all about perception as long as they it's, think you know what you're doing yeah it's you're cra- good it, to go no it's crazy it's crazy so <laughs> but you're a good bridge between all of those I, so I, keep I, doing I, that. I hit the uh well I, I, I was gonna say i've been doing the same job for 10 years now and i'm 30 which i said that doesn't happen a lot for kids in their right? 20s i just I, I, but dumb luck it happened for me but yeah, it's a, it's a different different perspective, but it's fun. I, li- I like I like my age now, and I'm one that I don't worry about age. I think like my 40s will be better than my 30s. And like I always just look at it like I'm I'm a very optimistic. Like my 20s were great, but I'm like pumped for my 30s. I think my right. 30s will be a lot of fun. So, Jody, thank you very much for coming on. You're welcome. It wasn't that bad. You did good. <laughs> right. I, to- I told her we the survived. only the only thing she had to do was she had to be able to talk. And as you know, we it's know Jody. I mean, you did okay. You you. Uh, you brought the one skill you needed for this <laughs> to the table. So um, I appreciate it. Um, if you guys need to reach out to the chamber, 563-1000. How'd you guys get that number? Well, we've had it for hundred That's a good years. number to have. I mean, 563, <laughs> they're not around that much anymore. So uh, 563-1000, chamber, um, Google them, the, the website and stuff. They do a lot of great... Northcountrychamber.com. Perfect. And... If you need, actually, if you need to find Jody for photography, because that's where oh, we're going next, yeah. how can they find you? Jody Parks Photography. You'll find me on Facebook, and you'll probably find my website. And do do you have do you have an Instagram account? Not a business Instagram account. Not yet. Maybe you just set up on one. I I will. Okay. I, my photography thing has really just been one of those things that just has been happening, and I haven't had to try. <laughs> When it which becomes, is good, which is lovely, but when I have you, more time to focus on it, then I'll do that. Good, you, you, yeah, I will. You need, you need a location. You need a location that we can go look at I all promise. your cool photos. I do have a Facebook page for Jody Parks Photography because I'm you, old and we do Facebook do, do, <laughs> with our grandparents. Yes. Yeah. Do, do you uh, do you edit photos too? You like that yeah. part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like. What, what, what software do you use? Photoshop. Photoshop. Okay. That last question. All right. Thank you, Jody. That's episode seventy-six of the Galen Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. 
The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.